of your heart. And thank God for you. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 3 tonight. Psalm chapter 3. We're starting a new series God put on my heart last year, Prayer 101. Next year we're going to do Prayer 201. The following year, Lord willing, we're going to do 301 and 401 eventually. So, uh, uh, Lord willing, the creek doesn't rise. Uh, that's what we're, we have in mind. But, you know, I'm convinced that prayer is so important for our lives. And uh, the Bible teaches us Jesus, when he was about to go to the cross, spent some time in the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed three times in agony sweating great sweat drops of blood. Now, I've, I've prayed fervently before, but I don't think I've ever prayed that fervently uh, to sweat great sweat drops of blood. But I am told that at times in anguish, uh, there have been some cases where people have literally uh, sweat drops of blood because the little corpuscles under your skin uh, burst under the strain. This was what Jesus was doing. He was praying uh, fervently about what lay before him and God prepared his heart through that time of prayer and he had a sense of peace and he had a sense of calm and when he went through his trial and the false accusations and even the scourging uh, even up through the cross God had given him perfect grace through the time of prayer that he spent there in the garden of Gethsemane uh, God is in the business of giving grace to his people. And uh, the scripture here uh, is one of those examples. Uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that God wants us to be able to face the problems in our lives and to take those to him in prayer and find the grace that we need. Uh, David is experiencing a situation his own son had organized a revolt against him. He's been driven away from his, the, the city of Jerusalem, from his throne, and he is on the run, uh, probably after the time when Shimei cursed him and threw stones at him all day long. Uh, he is going through a dark time in his life, but he has found that God can provide grace even in such a time. And this is the context of the psalm that we're going to look at here tonight. I believe God wants us to pray through our problems and to find his perspective in life. And so the time of my message is praying through your problems. Look with me at verse 1 of Psalms chapter 3. Lord, how many, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save me, my God. You strike down all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. Praying through your problems. How do we do that? Well, first of all, you need to share God's desire. What is God's desire? That you talk to him about your problems. 
Um, I can remember when my, when my kids were, were little, uh, asking them when they get home from daycare or they get home from school, uh, tell me about the, uh, the best thing in your day and the worst thing in your day. And usually the canned answer that I got was, the best thing was uh, recess, lunch, and coming home. And the worst thing was school. And that was the canned answer I got most days. But every once in a while, I would get an answer and they would begin to tell me about something that happened in their day. And sometimes it was a problem. And we would talk about that problem. And there's some pretty sweet memories I have of my kids and some of the things they would say. Some funny memories. But I enjoyed uh, helping them with their problems. And so um, God delights to help us with our problems. He wants us to come to Him. Um, You know, we don't care if our kids say things the right way, do we? Uh, I was reading a book this past week, and uh, the the author was talking about his little girl, and it said, Bubba, I want Bubba. And she was pointing at the butter, and he said, we didn't give her a class on how to say the word butter. Uh, and we didn't say, hey, you got to get this right. This is not, uh, this is not the uh, right pronunciation. No, we gave her the butter after laughing a little bit. And, uh, and so, too, God doesn't care so much how we come to him. He just wants us to come. Uh, he doesn't care that we sometimes come with our brokenness or even our sin. Isn't it ironic here in, in chapter 3, David is coming to God in a time of brokenness. He has sinned, he has failed God uh, through the sin with Bathsheba and through the sin of of murdering her husband Uriah. And his enemies are saying, God's not for you anymore. God's forsaken you. Uh, It's because of your sin. David, you're abandoned and we are going to defeat you. But God had not forsaken David and God wanted him to come where he was with the brokenness of his sin, with the brokenness of his problems And bring those things to the Lord. And David does so. If you look in verses 1 and 2, he says, Lord, how my foes increased. There are many who attack me. There are people deserting his army to go to Absalom. One of his counselors, Ahithophel, had gone to Absalom. Uh, Even some of the priests had gone with Absalom. And so David says, Lord, I I see my foes increasing. What am I going to do? Many are saying, there's no help for him and God. Lord, this is what they're saying. This is what's happening. Lord, I'm in a a difficult situation. And I just want to bring this to you and lay this at your feet. That's God's desire. Uh, Let that be your desire. When you go through a problem, to bring those problems to the Lord. Uh, So share God's desire. That's the first way we pray through our problems. Secondly, speak God's word. Speak God's word. I love... After David speaks about the problem, he says in verse 3, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. And then in verse 8, salvation belongs to the Lord. So he's speaking truths of God's word. God, you're my shield. You're my glory. You lift up my head. Salvation belongs to you. That's what you do, God. You are the saving God. God, I come to you based on what your word says, and I'm speaking your word to you, and I'm asking you to do this in my life. 
It might be remembering some of the names of God, and you speak those names of God to God in prayer. You might say, Lord, I remember that you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And based upon that, Lord, I have a need, and I'm asking you to provide it. Or you might say, Lord, you're Jehovah Rapha. I have an illness, and I need you to heal me. I'm praying to you based upon your name. You said this is your character, and this is your heart. So I pray to you on that basis. Or you might uh, say, Lord, you're Jehovah of hosts, Yahweh of hosts. Uh, Lord, you're the one who commands the armies of heaven. God, the devil's giving me a hard time. Send, send a couple of, of your uh, hosts of angels and send them to take care of the devil on my behalf. Uh, because that's who you are. So we speak God's word, but what God's word tells us about the Lord, what God's word tells us about our circumstances. And we pray these things to the Lord. And as David does that, um, God answers him. Speaking God's word could also be saying these things as a prayer of praise or of thanksgiving. You might say, Lord, I thank you that you're the saving God. I praise you, God, that you are my shield, that you are my hope. And uh, I'm going to trust you in the midst of this circumstance. So it can, you can turn those things into a praise or into a thanksgiving. But speaking God's word is a very powerful way of praying the will of God. And what does Jesus tell us in the Gospels? He says, if you pray anything according to his will, he hears it and you know you have your, requ your request. And so as we pray something that is specifically told us that that is God's will, there's great power in that, and God delights to answer. So praying through your problems, how do you do it? Share God's desire, speak God's word. Thirdly, remember God's blessings. Remember God's blessings. Look at verses 4 and 5. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me. From his holy mountain. Isn't that a great blessing? Answered prayer. God, thank you that you have answered my prayer so many times. Thank you that you are faithful to do that. Look at verse 5. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Thank you, God, that I can trust you enough to sleep. I don't have to stay up all night worrying. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God who sustains me. I praise you for sustaining me time and time and time again, and I know that you're going to sustain me again. He's remembering the blessings of God. As you, you pray and remember God's blessings, you can, you can pray about your physical blessings. You can pray about the emotional blessings, the peace that passes understanding, or the joy unspeakable and full of glory. Or you can pray about the emotional blessings blessings, uh, emotional and spiritual sometimes kind of go together, and, uh, and pray about the spiritual blessings of salvation. God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Uh, God, thank you that you are my hope, um, and you're remembering these things that, that, that God has said. That kind of overlaps some with speaking God's word, but you get the idea. You're thanking God for the things that he has done. Uh, you can also thank him for what he's done in the lives of people in his word. Thank you, God, that when Joshua called out to you in battle, you answered him and you delivered him. Uh, thank you, God, for answering Elijah's prayer when he was 
uh, having a struggle with the prophets of Baal, and I know that you can answer me too. Uh, so you can, you can remember the blessings of God. Or you might even do it this way. You might say, Lord, thank you. I've seen you be faithful in my parents' lives. I've seen you be faithful in my grandparents' lives. You remember what uh, Paul told Timothy? He said, uh, you remember the sincere faith in, in your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois, or it might have been vice versa. Eunice might have been the grandmother. Anyway, he says, you remember their faith. And, and you hold fast to that faith that they have modeled before you. And so you might, remit, you might thank God for the blessings of a godly parent. Or you might thank God, Lord, my parents are ungodly. Thank you that I didn't follow in their path. Um, whatever it might be. But you're remembering the blessings of God that God has worked in your life. And what does that do? Well, number one, it gets you to praising and thanking God. And God inhabits the praises of his people. But number two, it also strengthens your faith. Because oftentimes in the middle of a problem, what do we do? We look at the circumstances. And we mull these circumstances over and we think about them. And sometimes we get anxious about them and we get fearful about them. And uh, we're, we're struggling with all of that. And when we begin to thank God, it shifts our focus back to the fact that God is able. And so as we focus upon his character, what does the Bible say? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, for he trusts in you. So God's peace can come to our soul as we refocus our hearts and minds through thanksgiving. So remember God's blessings. Praying through your problems, how do you do it? Share God's desire, speak God's word, remember God's blessings. Fourthly, choose God's way. So after he's praised God, after he's quoted scripture, he says, look, in verse 6, I will not be afraid of the thousands of people who've taken their stand on every side. He says, Lord, I've got a choice. I can worry and I can be afraid, or I can choose to trust in you, and I choose to trust in you. I will not fear. He is choosing God's way. That's part of what you do in prayer. As you pray through your problems, every time you have a choice, I've, uh, my family laughs about it. I've, I've used to quote when, when somebody get upset and say, it's a choice to rejoice. I got that from Warren Wiersbe. That's not original with me. But, uh, and so then they started quoting it back to me when I would get in a bad mood or something. They'd say, Daddy, it's a choice to rejoice. Uh, but though we laugh about that, it is true. It is a choice. We have a choice of how we're going to respond to our problems. That's a revolutionary idea for some people. They never realized, oh, I never realized I had a choice of how I was going to think. I had a choice of how I was going to live. I just thought all this stuff's determined. No, we can choose God's way. Joshua did this. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Um, David's saying it here, I will not fear. There's all these thousands around me who are out to get me, who are out to kill me. But Lord, I choose not to fear. I choose to trust you by your grace. Jesus, the Bible says, set his face toward the cross. He chose to be obedient to God. Jesus said, if a man will follow me, let him take up his cross daily. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow 
me. What's Jesus calling for? A daily choice to follow him despite what's going on in the world. And so uh, we choose God's way. That's one thing we do in problems. Prayer gives us an opportunity to refocus our hearts, to calm our fears, to get us to the place where we're trusting God, where we can then say through his strength, through his power, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to obey you despite what I see going on around me. Praying through your problems, how do you do it? Share God's desire, speak God's word, remember God's blessings, choose God's way. Finally, request God's intervention. David begins to speak of specific ways he wants God to intervene. Look at verse 7. Rise up, Lord. When they would take the Ark of the Covenant out as the Israelites uh, in battle, they would say, rise up, Lord. Let your enemies be scattered before you. And so David's saying, Lord, rise up. Fight on my behalf. Save me, oh my God. Strike all my enemies on the cheek. Break the teeth of the wicked. Does that sound harsh? Why is David praying in this way? Well, look at, look at, uh, look at verse 8. He says, may your blessing be on your people. You see, God had a purpose. God had a plan. He had set aside David to be his anointed leader. And he had a purpose for Israel. And what was happening with these enemies was these enemies were coming against the purpose of God. Paul said in his, in his letter, I believe it was the letter to the Thessalonians, he says, um, he who rejects this word, 1 Thessalonians 4, he who rejects this word rejects not the word of men only, but the command of God. You see, the word of God, the command of God, Paul was sharing. He says, if you, I know I'm the one telling you this, but let me tell you, if you disobey this, who you're really disobeying is not me, it's God, because this comes from God. David says, Lord, I'm, I'm seeking to lead this kingdom according to your will. I'm, I'm the one you've chosen to do this. You have a plan for Israel. These people are coming against your plan. Knock their teeth out. That sound harsh. <laughs> Did you know we're in a spiritual battle? Some of you are probably thinking, well, I thought Jesus said we're supposed to love our enemies and pray for our enemies. Yes, that's true. We are. Um, there's a difference, I think, between a personal enemy and the enemy of God's purpose. And David prays a prayer of spiritual warfare here, I believe. Lord, come against the enemies. Who is our real struggle against? It's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's a spiritual battle a lot of times behind the works of physical human beings. And, and God tells, tells uh, Paul, and Paul tells the church at Ephesus, he says, look, your struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's what it seems like. But your actual struggle is a spiritual struggle. And so praying for God to knock out their teeth is a way of saying, Lord, just defang the devil. Knock his teeth out. 
hit him in the hit him in the nose. I mean, take care of him, prevent him from harming. Because what does a serpent want to do? It wants to strike. David, uh, David, uh, Satan is the serpent. What does a dragon want to do? The dragon wants to devour. What does a roaring lion want to do? It wants to capture its prey. Knock out his teeth, Lord. Rob him of his power. And don't let your purposes be thwarted. Lord, whatever it takes, fulfill your will. And God did answer David's prayer. Um, Part of his desire he didn't answer. Remember, he said, spare the young man Absalom for my sake. And Joab killed him. But God delivered David. He spared the kingdom from the purposes of the evil one. And his purposes went on. And so, request God's intervention. David asked God for a specific thing. God, I need you to intervene. Here, This circumstance is beyond me. There are people coming against your kingdom. God, you take care of it. And so, when you are in a situation where you are struggling, uh, I've prayed this. There was, a, there was a fellow that was causing all kinds of problems in our church and, um, in, in Texas. And, and I prayed, Lord, help him be saved. But God, don't let him hurt your church. Do what it takes to remove him if necessary. Either change him or remove him. God removed him. There are times where I think it is appropriate to pray that God will protect his church and protect his kingdom from an individual who's, who's being used by the enemy. Now, ideally, it's like the Apostle Paul. You remember Saul of Tarsus? He's going to Damascus to do what? Put Christians in jail. Put Christians to death. What happens on the Damascus road? The light shines. Lord, who are you? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. And Saul was converted. And he became the great missionary, the Apostle Paul. That's ideally the the best way to turn somebody around. But there are times where there are certain people who refuse to turn. There are certain people who want to harm God's kingdom. Now this this is a debated subject. There's probably a lot of people that disagree with me on this. And they say, well, we're under the new covenant. We shouldn't pray this way. But why does God have so many psalms in the Psalter that go like this? And why does he tell us that we have spiritual weapons in the New Testament? You remember Paul when he wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians? He says, uh, listen, there's some of you that are causing problems in the church. And if I come back, I don't want to have to use a rod and, and, you know, he's kind of using, I think he's probably talking figuratively there. But in other words, I don't want to come back and have to really take care of this problem directly. He says, but I'm going to tell you something. We have spiritual weapons. And he says, our weapons are not like these weapons of the world. What's he talking about there? If he's not talking about prayer as one of these spiritual weapons, I don't know what he is talking about. And so, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think, I think it should be the exception rather than the rule. I don't think you ought to be praying, well, God, uh, you know, deal with, uh, you know, and you have a list of people in the church you're asking God to take out. I don't think you ought to do that. 
we ought to pray for our enemies, we ought to love our enemies, and even those who are coming against the kingdom, we ought to love them. But there may be that occasional time where for the sake of God's kingdom, we need to pray against what the devil is doing, and even if it means God, remove this individual. So praying through your problem, uh, can you take those problems to God? Absolutely. You can take problems to God in prayer. By the way, sometimes God will do that even when you don't ask him to. Um, my dad had a friend uh, named Fred Rose years ago. He sang in a gospel quartet. Actually, he sang with the, the Jordanaires. They were a group that ended up backing up Elvis at one time. But Fred was a womanizer. And he was singing music and uh, in, in Christian circles. And he was living this double life. And uh, he got throat cancer. He was a singer and got throat cancer. And he prayed to God and he said, Lord, if you'll remove this throat cancer, if you'll heal me of this throat cancer, I'll stop my womanizing. He was hurting the kingdom of God. God answered his prayer, healed him of his cancer. Two months later, he fell right back into that lifestyle of womanizing. And uh, my dad heard about him being in the hospital that uh, he had cancer. And, and dad uh, went and visited him. He said, uh, he, said, uh, he said, Larry, he said, I believe I've sinned a sin unto death. And my dad kind of shrugged it off. He said, well, he said, Fred, confess it to God. God will forgive you. He said, well, I know he'll forgive me. But he said, I believe I've crossed God's deadline, and I'm going to die. Sure enough, uh, within a short time, Fred went home to be the Lord, with the Lord. Uh, so God can intervene in circumstances, and God takes his kingdom seriously. Um, so praying through your problems, <laughs> request God's intervention in your life. Now, this was a specific thing with God's kingdom, but you can request God's intervention in any facet of your life. You can ask him for needs that you have. You can pray about your family. You know, there may be a problem in your family. You can take that to God in prayer. Uh, there may be a problem at work that you're dealing with. You can take that, that problem to God in prayer and ask for a specific solution. Uh, there may be a problem in your finances. You can take that to God and ask God to intervene in a specific way uh, in your life. And so uh, the, the basic point is, ask him to intervene. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. Uh, praying through your problems, how do you do it? Share God's desire, speak God's word, remember God's blessing, choose God's way, and request God's intervention. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, giving us examples, Lord, of how to pray through our problems. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to us in the midst of our problems and that you delight in us as your children. You delight in your work in us.